Greetings, Standard Nerds. This is Christopher McClanahan of DeeplyDapper.com. And Tom Chiaramonte of Third Rail Design Lab. And it's time to... It's time to... <laughs> Release the... Kraken! This week on Robot Kraken, we appease the beast with a discussion about the latest news and tidbits. That's right, it's a 100% Robots Root episode. Sweet. How are you doing today? Uh, it's been a long had a challenging day. fucking week, man. <laughs> <laughs> I've had road construction out in front of my house for a week solid now. They're replacing all of the water lines under the road. And they've decided that the most economical way of doing this is to dig up a third of the road and then fill it with gravel, put a little bit of blacktop over it, pound it all flat, then come back the next day, dig up a third of the road, do the same thing, then a third of the road. Now they're coming in and digging back up the section of pipe that they're actually working on yes. each day. It looks like they're going to be out there for months. And the entire day, my house is just vibrating. Like, everything's Thanks. falling off of shelves. Yeah. Hellboy took a header earlier. It was terrible. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Listen, I know all about it. All of San Francisco and, and then Marin County are just in constant perpetual construction right now, both constant and perpetual. Constant and, perpetual. Uh, that's right. And uh, and they've done the sewer work in front of our house the last few weeks. And then when they finally stopped, I started work demoing my porch. So, <laughs> right. You know, it was just <laughs> it was relentless. And then at my and then at my work, they're they're demoing up the street and doing facade work on a building at the same time so you know i put the earphones on and i hear it through that you know what i mean so i mean and we like don't you said, usually migration. build in idaho so i mean maybe sometimes you'd hear people like post hole digging or something or a cow right. giving birth but you know it's unusual <laughs> yes yes it's all that progress yeah industry 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 yeah we're we're replacing the the wooden pipes that we used to have with fresh new metal of some sort wooden <laughs> pipes yes it's the worst it's just like that's the thing right it's just a trough slime <laughs> a slime inside the wood you know that sounds terrible that sounds terrible come to idaho yeah tickets are cheap right now so splinters uh, in the water chris this is a good time given that you're talking about slime molds and and uh and and various similar things to do our sucking the monkey segment because yeah. I'm guessing something in your drink is similar to what's in your pipes. I am drinking something far superior to what's in my pipes because nice. this is alcoholic. I see. And One the way stuff the in the pipes the just pipes. makes you see things. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I am drinking a Kraken and Cola using the Sweet. recipe from KrakenRum.com, our official unofficial sponsor of the Robot Kraken <laughs> podcast. <laughs> our officially unofficial sponsor. That sounds delicious. Let me I tell you what. I even have what? a lime wedge in it this time. A lime wedge. That's right. That's I downright bought California accessories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to question your existence over there. It sounds no, like you've been it's, you know, it's, seduced. I'm, I'm upper class, man. I'm I'm high rising here. Swanksville, I USA. I have to apologize to our 333,000 listeners. You will occasionally hear me cough. You might hear me gasp. You might possibly hear me die. Tom has episode. the plague. 
I do have some plague. But the show must go on, Chris. We've talked about this. Yes. No excuses. Nope. In fact, it'll just make it that much more entertaining. 100% pure thrills and content, right? At least one of those things. Okay. I make no promises for the thrills. I'm drinking this (laughs) week what I should have. Oh, I am. I'm drinking this week what I should have had last week, which is my official Game of Thrones (laughs) hoppy wheat ale from Omegong Brewery in Cooperstown, New York. I will show you... Ooh, that's the a label. sexy bottle. It is. And what's on that label? Oh, look, it's the thing you hate. What was that called? An Amagumirumi or something like that? It's an Astrolabe or it's a some other thing. And um, <laughs> I hated it in it in the artifice of the credits. I liked it as a as a piece of lighting. Okay. <clears throat> so that's what we're drinking. That's delicious. I'm assuming I'm about to crack this thing. In in a, in the robot cracking style. Yes. So if, that. if that hits you in the face, I'm going to be really unhappy that this is an audio recording. <laughs> it doesn't have to be. That. So, um, uh, dear Chris, why don't you briefly tell me something in your shipyards segment? Tell shipyard. Me what's going on with you. Well, the shipyard is where Tom and I talk about things we're working on, art technique, my cons that I'm going to, the cons that Sometimes Tom is theoretically cons. going to. Yeah, theoretically. <laughs> and other <laughs> nonsense like that. It's where we're building something. That's a really yeah. light beer. Well. It's a golden beer. It's a wheat ale, but it's awfully light. But also, I, I managed to pour a, a whole... A uh, cup of foam. Yeah, you're, just... you're, the head in your glass is almost as big as your actual head. <laughs> oh? So, shipyard, buddy. <laughs> just what do you think you're doing, Dave? <laughs> um, you know, I have been working on a few interesting things. Unfortunately, we've been backlogging some things as well. I made the unfortunate decision that where we're sitting with con prep and the house madness and everything else, we do not have time to do the Kickstarter we were planning this uh, summer slash fall. So we're going to delay it until spring sometime when I have a little bit more time to actually dedicate towards it. But the plus of that means I can actually refocus my attention on other stuff that I've been wanting to get done, like our enamel pins that we're starting to bring out, uh, some new buttons, uh, some pieces of art that I've been supposed to be done with for months now. So it means I might actually still be able to participate in Inktober, which was questionable with doing a Kickstarter during that month. But Sure, sure. You know, uh, postponing your Kickstarter is not a terrible idea, because I think... Um, especially when you're generating your own deadlines, mm-hmm. uh, it pays to be prepared. It and does. Forcing yourself. It's the one thing I've always heard people say, you know, I establish a deadline to force myself to be productive. But right. when it comes to doing your marketing pitch, which is what Kickstarter really is, it's right. like a pitch to the public. Um, you know, it pays to be complete and be confident in what you're doing. It does. So there's nothing wrong with delaying it. Well, and having time to actually uh, – where it was really starting to fall down was the art end of things mm. and the design work of the packaging and the Kickstarter itself because there's a lot of design work that goes into making a professional-looking Kickstarter page look good. And there was no way I was going to have time to market to other websites like, oh, hey, comicbookmovie.com. I've got this kickstarter that you might be interested in that kind of thing i didn't have time for that shit right now and there's and unlike a few years ago there's a lot more competition in kickstarter for nerdy stuff yeah particularly uh, products so 
you know, it, you, you want to be able to at least look as professional as the next Kickstarter that someone might be looking at right. linked off of a comic book website. So, <clears throat> so yeah. yeah. So not, a, not an unwise thing. To yeah, learn. I'm not happy about it, but sure. it'll it'll be worth it in the long run. Yeah. You know, this means we got to we we've got a sale going on on our shop on Etsy um with our key hooks that we do now because I actually have time to do some more of them and those mean we could actually pay our bills this month, which would be really nice. Look in the comments or whatever for links to the sweet sweet yes, sale. Yes, yes, $2 off all of our key hooks on Deeply Dapper. That's a great deal. It is. We very rarely put those on sale too because we keep a pretty close margin on those cuz they're a lot of work, but Yes. You know, sometimes we're really desperate for money, and that does it. <laughs> yes, I get it. How about you, Mr. Tom? What have you been working on? Well, first of all, I've been working on this. Hold on. <coughs> all right, so. That was not I as pleasant have... as I'd hoped. Yeah, I understand. But, well, it depends. <laughs> if it had been in a pinup style, it would have been better. Tuberculosis as a pinup series. Wait a minute. Severe dis- terminal diseases in pinup fashion is a untapped market that you could <laughs> You would do great at that. It's like the horror cons. <laughs> Tammy tuberculosis or whatever. I'm, uh, th- those sound more like garbage pail kids than pinups. <laughs> Lucinda the leper and she's got the curly kick of the legs, but oh, they're not God. attached. Her foot's so, coming off mid-kick. Yeah. That's uh, terrible. You're, uh, you're, offen- you're offensive, man. I <laughs> so uh, I did manage to do some art uh, this past week, despite it being the 4th of July weekend, and I have all this stuff going on, but... I did. It was Fourth um, of July. Oh, hmm. yeah. That's it, what yeah, all those was, annoying noises were. Yeah, the sound of dem- <laughs> a demo of the streets was actually just. So, <laughs> yeah, what I did was I drew. We we did the uh, you know the TRDL art jam, which mm-hmm. we've talked about before on this podcast, and we will do so again. It's a fun uh, thing, as found on Third Rail Design Lab dot com or on DeviantArt or on our Facebook pages or. And many other sources. I forgot to put a DeviantArt link in our last write-up for the podcast. You can sure nope. make up for it. Note to self. So, and so here's the deal. Uh, the jam subject for this past week was a nutty one. It was Mary Jane Watson of Spider-Man continuity uh, in some costume. And that was dri- that was driven by another sort of a companion site's uh, um, their own challenge for the week which was based was a similar one and it was based on some recent stuff that marvel put out in their latest barrage of sensational storylines which was uh mary jane and iron man armor indeed so for like a second and a half she's wearing the rescue armor and then she's not right so <laughs> anyway i i i broadened it up and just said wearing, wearing costume you know mary jane in costume um and so what i did was i put her in the captain america costume and more specifically i put her in the winter soldier era which is your costume. favorite of those? Let me tell you, among all of the uh, costumes that have been on film, and possibly all of the costumes that have been designed on paper, it's the best. Yeah, it is. It, it is really nice. I love it, and uh, you know, it was refreshing to me. And I say this as someone who's done a lot of pinup drawings and whatever, but to me, it was just sort of an, it was an amusement to draw Mary Jane in possibly the most clothing you've ever seen her in. Right. Right. It was not only fully covered, except her her you know neck and head right. but on top on top of that it was armor so it was <laughs> you know it was it was the least shapely mary jane you'll ever see but it was a lot of fun and also it was a lot of fun to take another stab at that it's the third time i've drawn that costume and it's never been easy 
Um, so that was fun. I had to change it in Photoshop at the end because I had had the orientation where she's kind of holding the, it's like she's adjusting the straps to the shield. So you see her hands, right. those sweet gloves. And then, uh, and then I didn't like the way it worked. It looked when I was finally, finally compositing it. So I switched and I put the shield in front of her like it should have been in the first place. So, yeah, yeah um, I thought it turned out really nice. It was a very different pose for you in that it was like a much closer up shot. Usually yeah. you do a full Bozzy, Bozzy, Shazzy, Bozzy. When yes, you do things, I do Bozzy shots. Yes, I do, I do Bozzy shots. In He's Kung a good Bozzy shot. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, you know, I do prefer full body. I I feel like the yeah, head and do. shoulders when I do them. Yeah, I feel like the head and shoulders is like, I don't know. Lifefield ruined it for everybody when he started drawing people with their feet cut off. You know <laughs> that and classic and some classic lessons I learned way back in the day when I actually studied a little bit of how to do do art was uh, how to make art. Was, uh, you know, you don't, you know, you have to be careful with cropping, do it on purpose, but not just run out of space kind of thing. So I became so paranoid about doing full body shots. And also it goes back to me liking to draw character design, you know, doing character design rather than splash pages. Like I want to do the whole figure, draw the whole costume, like in the handbooks, right? Right. It goes back to everything I've ever done as a kid. So anyway, that's what I did. It's a full, it's a, it's a, it's a kind of a bust shot, but it's the least busty Mary Jane you'll ever see. (laughs) So, yeah, and I have a few other pieces that I got a lot of work done, but um, Iron Fist and and uh, and a few others that I should have ready or done by the end of this week and be able to talk about them some more. Acceptable. Um, yeah. So that said, I have a question for you, man. What's before that? We, before we move on to our next segment, Paul Omine. Thinking about comics and film and fun things and things that are reasonably enjoyable to the mainstream illustrator as opposed to being extremely obtuse and interesting only to us what should this week's trdl art jam challenge be mm. hot seat something contemporary maybe hot something seat. topical or not contemporary uh, and topical huh or not i mm. lead you down the path of you know i think have we ever done a cross play one oh uh, what crossplay? Is that like a rule? That's like when rule? men dress as women and women dress as men in the costumes. Oh, uh, now do you mean? Hmm, let me ask you this: Do you mean it in the sort of the wry cross-dressing way, or do you mean it in the reconfigure the costume for right to, to look the gender? Yeah, yeah, like kind of X twenty three, but like Aquaman. If Aquaman was a chick. I see. So you don't want um, a, a strapping dude wearing Ms. Marvel's costume from the 70s, but rather the imagery or the design concepts of like a right, male version right. of the costume, and, which was yeah. Captain Marvel. Yeah, bad, bad <laughs> Well, see, and yeah, you picked a very poor example of yes, an example. But yeah, I think it's kind of fascinating to see. Uh, there's a lot of crossplay at cons now, um, and it's always of- particularly interesting to see a female character reimagined as a male character because it's kind of interesting to see how desexualized they become and how interesting the character looks when done that way and i think think, i think it'd be kind of a fun jam those that's one of the two types of cosplay that i like when we go to these things it's that and also i like the fusions like the hybrid costumes where it's mm, like yeah my my little pony crossed with the vision and you're like well that was amazing <laughs> um usually they make it with a garter belt or something you're, you're just to make it all full of weird examples tonight aren't you i swear <laughs> i've seen that though i might go the other route and do similar to what i just actually completed um maybe i will do a female version of a male character but without 
without overtly sexualizing it. Yeah, that's a good idea. I'm down with that. We'll see. We'll see. Well, you heard it here first. All of our 333,000 listeners and counting and counting. Uh, have an early start on the jam because I'll post it tomorrow probably. Right on. Okay. Sweet, man. Well, let's do Robots Root. What do you think? Root. See you in the funny paper. What do we have going <laughs> on in the world of news here? Uh, you know, I noted down a few things that maybe we touch on really quickly because, surprisingly, there was a lot of stuff happening since we last recorded. I don't think we need to go into huge detail because we have other stuff to talk about. But Bye. here are some things that struck my fancy. One, some follow-up items, okay? One, remember last week we were talking about that footage of of Holland on the Spider-Man Homecoming Yeah, uh, pajama set. man. He was wearing yeah, he was wearing those loose fitted pajamas with the weird the thing and the costume was different and eyes were normal and it just looked terrible. Yeah. So I still don't know what's going on and I'm praying that it's not some sort of multiverse or copycat thing, but I am pleased to have discovered on his Instagram today, this evening in fact, mm-hmm. he posted a photo from way up on a crane, like some high altitude photo saying, you know, quick selfie from the set, and it's he's in something that looks a hell of a lot like the Civil War era costume. Okay. That's now, interesting. My fear is it's a flashback to Civil War references, and then the other cheesy costume is going forward, but I just don't see how. I still can't wrap my head around that other one. Is yeah, it, it doesn't make any Spider-Man? sense Spider-Man? I mean, it's just there's no way to explain going that road, going down that road when they had such an excellent design. Right. Uh, you know, that said... Sometimes I feel like a Marvel apologist. I, you know, I thought that Captain America, the first Avenger costume was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then Joss Whedon's Avengers comes out and it was one of the worst missteps <laughs> in in costume design for supers. I couldn't believe what he did to the Cap costume in that right. one, or rather what his designers did. So anyway, and I understand there was a lot of studio pressure in that particular case to make him more spandexy. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, I hope this is a good sign for that film. Would you agree? I I think so. I don't know. Uh, I, I don't feel like Spider-Man needs multiple costumes in an episode, but we'll have to see. But but the fact that there was a photo of the of the proper one is opti- gives me optimism. Yeah, that's you know? good. Yeah, I'm down with that definitely. The other thing about that uh, film, since they keep adding, act, they've act, added they have like ten actors every week, right? To Spider-Man: Homecoming, but the latest yeah. one is one that we just talked. We were just talking about her when we. We're speaking about our excitement about seeing nice guys and then you whining that they didn't play uh, party quality films in Idaho. Yes. I saw nice guys. Spoiler alert. Angori Rice, who's a young Australian actress who plays the daughter of Ryan Gosling's character. She steals oh, everything right. she's in. Right. I've right? heard she's, she's just, amazing in that. Yeah. She's, she's fantastic. And she just got cast in Spider-Man. Oh, really? Like as yep. a peer or something? I hope so because hmm. she's a teenager. But yeah. So anyway, that's 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 another piece of exciting news. Interesting. Also, let's see something related to our previous discussion about the finale of Game of Tolls. Uh, John Bradley, who plays Samwell, was floating similar theories to what we were talking about, that he thinks that the astrolabe or whatever hanging in the library Mm -hmm. and the fact that he went to the Grand Library and the fact that the. The, the maester that was there that had the, uh, the the lenses on his eyes, that it all suggests that the overall story of Game of Thrones that we're watching is actually Samwell either either writing it or reading it or or narrating it to maybe his son or someone else. Hmm. 
Interesting. The story, it's the story of this period of time in this world as told by a maester. Interesting. Uh, which I think was, uh, I think that's a pretty swell theory, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I, I'm okay with that. I mean, storytelling, storytelling either way, so I'm cool well, with that. Well, sure. But it's a nice idea that there could be a connection between the imagery of the opening credits and what you actually see in the show. I don't know. You mean the so so what you're telling me is that Samwell is a maester and a computer generation art artist guy, and he uh, created that scene. Ex- exactly what I'm saying. Ah. It's exactly. <laughs> you're going to see that repeated in Vanity Fair next. In month. the opening episode, it's it's a scene of Samuel Tarley being kicked out of the library and told to go wait in the computer lab. He sits down and plays a nice round of Oregon Trail, and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Everyone's dying of dysentery." Your entire clan has died of dysentery. <laughs> Your clan has died from the hound. Yes. <laughs> so. Another item is uh, Ghost in the Shell. So continually controversial production um interesting stuff this last couple of days but i haven't seen anything about it well you mean recently or yeah yeah tell me tell me okay you mean at all or recently not within the last couple weeks okay so you know how there's the controversy about the theoretical whitewashing of the character yes why scarlett johansson cast in this role and then a bunch of japanese fans piped in and said come on it doesn't matter, you know, and then right. American apologists were all been out of shape about it and whatever else. Okay, so, and it's a thing, I get it. It's sensitive on all sides, but yeah. here's what's interesting. They just cast an older Japanese actress, uh, whose name escapes me, as the mother of the major. So that's interesting. Interesting. And there's a pretty well-known Japanese actress, Rico something, who's right. got a mystery role in the movie. And so it starts to beg the question is, given what we know about the story of Ghost in the Shell from the comics and, mm-hmm. or from the main and the anime, is the major in that ScarJo look, <laughs> is that entire, is that a shell right? just for a certain mission? Is it a shell that she's thrown into after being you know, brutally hurt in a car accident? Is that a shell that she's shunted into from a pre-birth traumatic Situation. Mm. These are all versions of her in the storyline, right? Or is is it an AI entirely? Right? Interesting. So, I like the idea that we haven't completely abandoned some of the context of the story, while right. at the same time, it's perfectly acceptable that you know that character could look however they want it to look. Yeah, that's interesting. I'd be pretty okay with that, actually. I like that and, logic. Yeah, and then there was a photo that was also taken, which I thought was 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 reassuring a little bit. Certainly, that's the intention. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, uh, Scarlett Johansson and the director, and then there's three other folks hanging out with them. They're Mamoru Oshii, Kenji Kamiyama, and Kenji Kawai. So that's hmm. um, three different creators that have been uh, really tightly linked to the production of Ghost in the Shell over the right. years. The film, the composition, the music, you know. Hmm. So the fact that they're all on set taking photos, obviously you know corp- corporate powers in japan are powerful they could have just take that photo you know right but, you know it worked on me i was like good <laughs> <laughs> they were involved they, in some manner they had japanese men older man scowls but it was like slightly smiley scowls <laughs> <laughs> that's anyway, a thing yeah and so <laughs> the thing that um you know a lot of the controversial or the people who are concerned about this film you know you know that they're they're hand-wringing and already starting to bemoan the fact that 
the production have said that their next adaptation is going to be Lone Wolf and Cub. <laughs> right. Yeah, so, and I don't know how I feel about that either way. I was yeah. never super attached to Lone Wolf and Cub, even though the subject matter at the time I was reading those type of stories actually fit my interests yeah. more than Ghost in the Shell, but it just never did anything for me. Not as interesting as, as uh, Leprotic pinup girls. Yeah. Maybe still. it's the kid aspect. I don't like kids. Meh. It could have been Lone Wolf and Sandwich, right? That would have been more interesting. Lone Wolf and Sandwich would be interesting. How In one fact, man needs to be drawn. How yeah. one man saves his submarine sandwich from the world. I challenge you. Don't say submarine in Japan. That's just rude. So I, I challenge you to draw that before 2032. Before my theoretical termination date, I want to see that drawing. From Lone you. Wolf and Sandwich. Lone Wolf and Sandwich. Um, so you know, interesting. I only read the manga. Uh, and I never even knew that there was film. There were film adaptations of that over the years. Yeah, I've never seen any of the film adaptations. I've only read the manga too. Foreign films. Hey there, standard nerds. It's me, Chris. If you'd like to get a hold of me or Tom, you can go to robot-kraken.com, and over on the right-hand side, look for the contact us information section. Over there, you can send us an email. Go to Twitter, Instagram, our website, Facebook, Tumblr, pretty much anywhere you would like to go to get in touch with us. You can also go to our links there for the TRDL Art Jam and our groups on Facebook and other sweet, sweet locations. And as always, Robot-Kraken is your best source for nerdy news that we find interesting our podcast updates, or you can go to DeeplyDapper.com to stream and download the episodes directly. Now back to our show. Uh, Fury Road. So I don't like to announced. read my movies. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> uh, except, yeah. So George Miller's uh, black and white cut of Fury Road has been you know, uh, released later this year. I know someone, and I'm not going to say who it is, but there's someone I know that is on a, like, a... Uh, WB pure panel thing where they send out like previews of packaging and special feature surveys to find out what people think and what way they would like to go and it's um, they've been talking about it for a couple of months now but it sounds like they according to the thing that person did they may not only release it in a big mass package but as a solo just Fury Road Deluxe Edition 2. Yeah. I think that's a great... Yeah. I, I mean, you know, options are great. And I think that that, that, that film, just just thinking about how the original looked good in black yeah. and white, those side-by-sides, and then you watch this new one, you're like, God, that would look great. It really, really would. Sat, saturated black and white, not muted. Right. Sort of, you know. Yeah, those um, really sharp edges and... Yeah. Yeah, I think it'd be really interesting. I don't know if it would necessarily be my preferred version, but I'd love to see it. Well, and that's the thing that um, you know uh, Miller bemoaned the fact that post-apocalyptic stories just tend to have muted colors because it's just the nature of the environment, or they're really vibrant, but you know you can't have anything in between. And I was thinking that when I look, when I think of my images of that film, I've only seen it once, but. Mm-hmm. Some of my favorite images involved a uh, contrast of color. Yeah, so like the, the, virgin, the virgins and all the milk or whatever it was, all mm-hmm. you know, contrasted against the 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 sky and the desert, and then also right. 
the rock and roll dude, the bard, the heavy metal bard in his red long johns. And, right. Well, and their their white skin of the the war boys, yeah. and dirt, and yeah. yeah I mean, it, the whole movie is just this high contrast color, and it's vivid, and it's just, just it's just beautiful. It's a gorgeous movie. I, well, yeah, and he's he's saying it's all fuchsia and, and teal, and <laughs> and I'm like, well, I don't know. I think you think it's a lot better than that. Yeah. So, but at the same time, it made me realize um, it made me think of something that I, when I used to read, when I was reading all the cyberpunk novels of William Gibson, the early stuff, mm-hmm. I was obsessed with this imagery where you have all of this, you know, this leftover, you know, neon and advertising and posters and and you know, crap as well as discarded packaging and then all covered in oil and all blended <laughs> together in the sewer and then a bright red blood splatter and then some weird circuitry. And I like the idea that it was this hodgepodge of very bright, uh, artificial bright colors because of all yeah. of them, the merch right. that was all blended into the mud. Right. And then I, so I in my mind's eye, I thought that was such a great thing. And then I remembered cause you know, thinking down this path from the, Fury Road announcement, I realized, wait a minute, Idiocracy was like that, right? <laughs> Idiocracy was Very just, true. You just wanted to throw up. It wasn't, <laughs> I mean, it obviously wasn't done to look artful. It was done <laughs> to look gross, and it worked, because it was as gauche as you could get, and it was really hard to watch. And I realized, right. what I really liked in that imagery was a, a very designed version of that look. Something that you would get out of an anime. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. All the colors would be color matched and everything would look really good and there would be this compositional balance even if there was a lot of colors. And you think about like Akira, you know. Right. There's a lot of weird color going on at once. And yet yeah. it never looks it never looks garish, right? So I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Uh in the one we're one month to go on Suicide Squad, right? And so now yeah. all the interviews are coming out and there's a lot of attention being focused on the fact that uh uh Margot Robbie admits that her costume was uncomfortable and a little bit demoralizing that, mm-hmm. you know, she she bought into the character and everything. But then in between cuts, she's eating a sandwich and she's she's sopping wet and in underwear. And she, <laughs> right. And her other and her other people are all fully dressed and, and just hanging out. And how that, that felt for her. And, you know, I think that those are valid things to say. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. You know, it starts to veer towards the the, you know, the actors whining that their superhero costumes were uncomfortable. And I you know, I mean, yeah, she. She, she. Knew, I mean, they had a lot of costumes they tried on for her or whatever. But you know, she, she had to know, in my mind, that what was going to look great for the character in on film in certain scenes, in between, it's going to be awkward. Just like any, right. just like any, any of those photo shoots that, that actors and actresses do. You know, as soon as they take the photos, and then in between, it's really awkward. They gotta, they gotta maintain the look, but maybe they're hot and right. You know, I don't know. So I wonder how much of that narrative is being uh, sort of spun up by the by the news machine. You know, yeah, what I, mean? I really wonder. Seems to too. be a talking point. It it seems like it all stems from a single interview with her too. I don't see her yeah. like consistently going out and talking about that. And the the ones I've seen have been really out of context for the most part. Like like they don't give the 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 text before or after the quotes that they're they're giving her so i don't know always a warning sign <laughs> yeah yeah you did just never know exactly where that was and how much credence to lay on it because she never seemed like anyone that was super sensitive about that i mean the the wolf of wall street or whatever she's she's wearing a yeah. lot less than she is as harley in that yeah 
Well, you know, she's she's had a number of different roles that ranged in in exhibitionism, and she's got a lot of acting chops, and and she seems very savvy. I I almost wonder if she was being baited with questions about that, like pushing right. the point on that, and then she admits, well, yeah, it's awkward. Yeah, it is awkward when you're soaking wet eating a sandwich. Okay, yes, yeah, yeah, and I think that's and it's completely reasonable to say so. I right. have a feeling though that it's there was an agenda there, and then the hype machine picks up because. We have to we have to we have to apologize for being interested in the film and how she looks in it, right? Because right? it's not PC, right? To have the, the the room full of dudes and then have one of the two one of the three female character no four female characters, um, and she's the standout and she's in a fairly skimpy outfit and even then it's not that skimpy, right? No, Compared I mean to some of the things all things seen, considered, so. yeah. So yeah, I and I can like understand a, how it's an issue and how it is something that needs to be talked about. But of anyone, she's someone that, at least from what I've seen of the character, she kind of owns that attitude in the costume and her appearance in it. So she's a little coquettish, it seems like. Yeah. So she's definitely got a a deliberate sex appeal going on among other things going on with that character right but if you if you do a flesh to flesh comparison um there's not a lot of difference in what that costume looks like and what wonder woman's costume look like right but wonder woman is being presented as this powerful anti-man uh you know feminist attack weapon right and harley's being challenged because the character's origins are fairly derivative so to me there's a lot of interesting things happening with this film version of Harley that, you know, I'd be, as a parent, if my daughter wanted to dress up as a Harley, this is a costume that I would have less problems with than some of them. Yeah, really. I mean, the, the fabric she's wearing is not as thick as Wonder Woman's, but like square inch by square inch, I think she actually has more covered skin than Wonder Woman does in the Wonder Woman movie. And And I think a lot of this reaction comes from the second trailer when... She bends over deliberately to right. pick up something. It's the sexy shirt-pulling on scene. Yeah, and yeah. the gratuitous bend-over stuff. I mean, again, it's part of the character, too, so... Yeah. I don't know. We'll spend a lot of time on that. Um, okay, uh, a couple more quick things. Uh, so, first photos from Dark Tower came out? Dark Tower? Yeah, Dark Tower. That, right? I have not read, read it, actually. That's one of the only Stephen Kings that I saw and was like, that's a lot of reading, and didn't even touch it. <laughs> it I'm seems super, like something I'd be really interested in, yeah. but I've never actually started it to see. I'm super interested because, uh, yeah, because I know nothing about it and it looks intriguing. Right. But how it was described and then even how they started adapting it to a comic, I couldn't have been less interested in it. Yeah. And then I see Matthew McConaughey as Randall Flagg and I was he like, looks well, hello then. really amazing. He looks yeah. really cool. And then they just finally released a, a couple of photos of uh, Idris Elba. Who looks walking around is phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that sounds that sounds cool. I don't know anything about it, but yeah. I, I choose to like I choose to like it. Yeah, I'm I'm deciding to be exciting about it. <laughs> uh, I have two more quick things. One, um, the the same news machine that seems to be making a huge deal out of Harley Quinn's ass is also running running wild with this whole thing that Sam Jackson is insisting that Mace Windu is still alive and that. George Lucas ratified it because if you actually and I did I didn't watch a bit, an interview but I read the 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 dialogue from it you know, mm-hmm. I read the transcript and he says it in a you could tell it's Sam Jackson's sort of tongue in cheek voice saying I don't know 
you know, he could have still be alive, you know. <laughs> Jedi have suffered worse than hands being cut off and thrown off a bridge right. or whatever. Right. And I said that to George, hey, couldn't I still be alive, X and Y? And George was like, sure, I'll give it to you. Yeah. You know. <laughs> right. It's like at an event, you He's know, like, somewhere. Whatever. Like, sure. Yeah, sure. It's all in good fun to me. And it gets, and it just, it's like, I don't know, it's like a, a lot of stuff we see. Oh, you know, it's like, uh, Anna Kendrick, supposedly. Anna Hendrick? Hendrick? Kendrick. Ah, uh, Kendrick. Yeah. Kendrick. She supposedly wants to play Squirrel Girl. But in yeah. fact, someone asked, hey, would you be a superhero? And she says, oh, my brother or sister or someone showed me Squirrel Girl. I could do that. I could pretend to be half squirrel. <laughs> That's the extent of it, right? <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like when Brie Larson was rumored to be Captain Marvel and they went back and found that that interview clip where they said, you know, you know, you know, she's talking about Captain Marvel. It's like, well, I don't really know anything about this character, but I right. she's blonde. I guess I'll do it. Sure, I'm up for anything. <laughs> and it's instantly like Brie Larson's definitely a lock for bum, Captain Marvel. Bum, bum. So that's the thing. I don't think that there's a whole lot of there there, but it's just, you know, it's something Star Wars to talk about. And so we just did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last item. You're going to have to help me with the trend, with the uh, pronunciation here because I know an Idaho pronunciation is very important. Yeah, that's all we care Nicholas, about. Nicholas Winding Wren? Refit, actually. I Refin. had to look that up because I thought it was Rain, um, yeah. but it is Refin. At least that's how Gosling pronounces it, and Baby Goose would know since they apparently like know. roomed together while they were filming stuff. Sure. <laughs> so apparently he had a an early some early discussions with WB on doing a Wonder Woman film. Yeah. Supposedly, and it came right out of one of his own quotes that he he was pitching it as that it had the star. Um, Christina Hendricks? No, Christina. Right. Christi- Christina uh, Hendricks. Yeah, I think that's yeah, right. Hendricks. Yeah, Hendricks. Yeah. And and the studio of Mad Men at. fame. That's right. And the studio bulked because she's not ninety pounds. Um, right. So the project died. And I have to say that's she is an, a very compelling watch, and I think that would have been really interesting it to see what they put. Really interesting. I can't help but think that from the briefness of the description of that news item that I've read, um, that maybe there was a little more in what he described than just her being cast in it, because I've seen three of his movies now, and they're certainly not something that would just be a typical DC movie by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure it's, it's, you know, Wonder Woman would be played by Christina Hendricks, and she will be in a wheelchair. There would be lots of neon... and fever dream right the amputees serving Weird. her drinks. super violence and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm sure he was if anything he was probably just goading the producers you know it's hard to tell he seems like he's got one hell of a sense of humor about that kind of thing so <laughs> it's entirely yeah, it's possible quite true and then on the other hand you know it's easy to imagine as as interesting as it might be maybe what we really need is just someone to photoshop Christina Hendricks as Wonder Woman. I'm sure someone's already done it. Right. And then we look at it and say, well, that would have been neat. And then we call it a day. Because obviously it's hard to do a Wonder Woman uh, live action anything. Right. This new stuff looks good. But even that attempt at that horrible looking pilot. Right. That, was it David Kelly? It was really well cast, but looked atrociously bad. That actress in S.H.I.E.L.D. is amazing as Mockingbird. Yeah. And imagining her under different hands... Imagining her looking like Gal Gadot. Gadot? 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 Gadot. Uh, <laughs> imagining her looking like that and with that sort of ferocity, ferocity, man, I'm telling you, I have got a 
probably like 108 fever right now. If we just make it through this without my spine melting. My point is, I can see... <laughs> I'm just letting you go. I just Adrian. assume this is going to be like seven hours of editing and calling it good. <laughs> no. I could, I could have seen uh, Adrian Palicki as a very uh, powerful and intense-looking Wonder Woman, but what we got was her in electric blue spandex just kind oh, of w- wiggling around. It looked yeah, terrible. Like falling on chairs and shit. Yeah. So maybe Chris, <laughs> maybe that maybe that vision of, of Christine Hendricks was not... I don't know what it is. <laughs> Ah, <sighs> that's it. That's all I got. That's all we got. Yeah, the um, the there the only other note I have is that they have officially given a 2018 release date for the new Tomb Raider. It's going that's to right. be out in March 16th, 2018, and star Alicia Vikander. Vikander Raider. Yes. It's nice that they have a date that shows that they're more serious about it than some of the abstract. Wasn't stuff. the other. Uh, the Ray from Star Wars up for that role originally? Supposedly. Okay. I mean, they talked about it. I don't know. I, I think that this is a better, more interesting casting choice, though. Yeah, it's interesting. I think I I think both of them would have been interesting, but I think Vikander has a little bit of a... a, a little more of a solid acting base over sure. Daisy Ridley. Sure. Yeah. And also, Daisy Ridley is now playing a character that's so defined... And she's going to be doing it for a while now, from the sounds of things. So. Yeah, and she's and she's running around independent, um, you know, awesomely abled in exotic locales. Why right. would she be Tomb, Ra- Tomb Raider as well, right? <laughs> I mean, she's not Vin Diesel and the, and the Rock, where they can play eighteen versions of the same character. Right. So anyway, well, sweet Chris, do you have any? Um, do you have any uh, any plundering planned for this coming week? <sighs> Involves cracking. I, you know, honestly, it probably doesn't involve cracking because I have a lot I'm going to get done. Um, you know, I feel like there's something that I'm supposed to be. Oh, we're going camping. I'm kind of excited about that, actually, just to get away from the road construction outside my house for a couple of days. Sure. Um, so we're going to grab the our little 13 foot scamp trailer and go up to the mountains for a couple couple of days, uh, like middle of the week next week uh beyond that i i really don't like there's not even like a movie i'm excited about watching or anything like that right now i mean ghostbusters so, is in a week i'm kind of excited about that but me too so are you going to um i also want to see dipshit and dave's need wedding dates or whatever that is that looks, i want to see that almost really exclusively base. because of what's her face from parks and rec yeah. But Aubrey Plaza. Yeah. Well, okay, so are you going to be able to take the Misfits TV series with you on your camping trip because that's something that you could spend some time watching and enjoying? That would be a negative. There will be no, no electronics when we go camping. <laughs> so, I'm bringing board games and books. <laughs> uh, I went on a camping trip once where I went to great effort to have the power and resources necessary to play PlayStation because it was like a point <laughs> Of how awkward, how much work we had to do to make that happen. 
<laughs> actually chose the vehicle specifically so they would have a power supply. That's ludicrous. We'd come back from mountain biking, get get lit, and 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 <laughs> in a no, thunderstorm. We, we go as lo-fi as we can, but I did just buy a new canopy that I'm pretty excited about trying out up there. It's a really nice like pop-up, like twelve by twelve foot canopy with a seven foot sure. ceiling on it. That'll be pretty awesome because they can like plop down over the camping, over the picnic table, and everything, and oh, yeah. we can keep bugs out and that kind of thing. It's very exciting good. stuff. Gonna Sweet, roast man. weenies. Um, mm, little red s'mores. tentacles. All the red tentacles you can <laughs> stuff in your little face there. <laughs> Sounds great. Yeah, so that's honestly that's what I'm most excited about is just getting away from work. And that's one of the drawbacks of working from home that people don't understand is that I'm constantly at work and I'm constantly oh, sure. surrounded by more shit I should be doing. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I fully understand yeah. that. Yeah. So what about me you ask? Yeah, so, what what about what about you, Tom? So having wrapped up a number of higher profile shows on uh you know like on streaming Mm -hmm. i have some stuff that's uh like sort of atypical delivery system stuff that i need to get into okay so i'm still wrapping up the last few episodes of the final season of deadbeat and uh yeah i think we're about five off from that too i have to say i'm still not loving the third season as much as the previous two okay it's it's all right but i don't like it as much did you get to the LARP episode, the LARPing one? No, I think that's the next episode I'm okay. on. We just finished the episode with uh, the annoying celebrity poker guy yeah, and, yeah. like, their hangover <laughs> one, the the tribute to hangover. Yeah. That's a good point. I didn't even I didn't even realize that that's what they were <laughs> that's what I'm referencing with it. But, yeah, you're absolutely right. I do have to say that Adam Adam Labine, Tyler Labine, is yeah. absolutely fearless in these shows. And amazing. the amount yeah. of just just self-depreciating humor in Deadbeat is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, no, I, he, no, he's just absolutely amazing. So the, the one that you're about to see, this LARPing one, Doris likes to make fun of my role-playing game stuff. She loves to make fun. She... She cannot get enough of stories about when I did um, the tourneys when okay. we were combat, and I tried to explain to her, you know, this was not the SCA, this is not the modern day cosplay, live action LARPing stuff where everyone's in character, <laughs> you know, yo ho, and you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We we were actually just going out there to beat the hell out of people, and right. they were all college students. We were high school students, and they underestimated us, and we we beat the hell out of them. <laughs> it was all about. The, the melee and that's all we cared about right. so that said we still were a bunch of high school dopes in costumes with, with swords that were you know tubes PVC tubes with foam and then duct tape right right and uh, so this LARPing episode is hilarious because it's such a send up of of that genre of fandom right on but it's and there are so many things the doors are just sniggering to herself just like like rolling around laughing and pointing at me and staring at me <laughs> Looking at me while I'm watching the show, and and at one point I said, because I I don't care, she can make fun of it. Right. So I was like, you know, haha. But really, that wasn't what we were about. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge that this is a thing. There are a lot of people that still do this. They they you know spend oh, yeah. a lot of effort with accents, even you know when they shouldn't be. Right. <laughs> they're at the birthing and they're doing it. But but in our case, we and I'm trying to explain that you know maybe I'm wasting my 
energy explaining mm-hmm. that maybe we were really just there to beat up people. And then right, <laughs> right. then there's a character that walks in all slow-mo badass style, slow-mo enters and then he's slow-mo. They're, each of them is, is failing as they enter. <laughs> and he, this guy enters and he slow-mo blasts his inhaler as he's coming through. Oh, like, that's ah, excellent. That's me. Nice. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> I have a few of those left to watch. And, uh, and I have to get back to Peaky Blinders and... Um, hmm. And a few other uh, shows on Hulu and Netflix. However, yeah, I'm still trying to slog my way through True Detective season two, and it's oh, taken man. me a really long time. Oh, that's a bummer, dude. Ugh. I still like that one a hell of a lot. It just wasn't it wasn't season one, but it, it hasn't grasped me yet. I'm only on like the second or third episode, and I get the feeling that I'm going uh, to get into it. But as of this moment right now, I'm just like uh, I'm just not in the mood for it. I think is what the problem is. And also, your your expectations are so different. I mean, yeah. the first one was such a vibe than this one. Although I would expect you, as you if you get in the right mindset, I would expect you to like it more, as I did, than some would, because it is very uh, hard-boiled. It's a hard-boiled noir story. See, that's the vibe I'm getting of it right now, and that's part of why I have been kind of like putting off watching it is that I do I'm just starting to get into some some hard boiled stuff again I kind of go in phases with that but I picked up uh, well I didn't pick up but my buddy loaned me a copy of the Darwin Cook Parker trades mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so that so. instantly was like oh fuck I need to read some noir and start watching some detective movies so I think that will help me get into that season and actually enjoy it a little more I felt like watching season two, I couldn't decide whether it was something that Jock would have drawn mm-hmm. or if it's – and I think this is more accurate. I feel like I'm reading one of those Sean Phillips and uh, Brubaker. Mm, it's like, like Criminal? The, the post, yeah. yeah. Yeah, post-sleeper stuff like Criminal. That's what detect, True Detective season two felt like for me. Um, anyway, okay. So it has its faults, but I really enjoyed it. So the non-traditional the non, um, delivery system shows I need to catch up on are Powers – now that I've been tricked into buying the PlayStation Plus <laughs> membership to play my one night of Overwatch. Right. Um, and so I need to catch up on that. I did watch another episode or two of it, and I was like, well, okay, I'm starting to warm up to it a little bit. And then it's still an uphill climb, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also the other one is Preacher, man. i got to get back on Preacher. Yeah, I need to find some way of seeing the rest of it. I can help you with that. Because <laughs> I've only seen the first two episodes, but I I adored the opening sequence, yes, and I really enjoyed both of the set, the episodes that I saw. I've only seen the one, and and watching it for free, you had to sit through thirty three commercials in it. You know what's really funny is both of the ones I watched when it hit the commercial spots, it would go boop, and then it would continue playing. It didn't what? show a commercial at all the entire oh time. Oh, my God. Mine would show the same one. It was the same thing that happened to X-Files we talked about. Right. Remember? It was the same thing. It, it showed the same seven commercial, like seven or eight commercials in a row, three minutes of commercials or something, and it would do it over and over Speaking and over again. of commercials, I cannot stand the commercials they're showing for uh, during Deadbeat. 
when we've been watching it. They keep showing that terrible commercial with a guy where he's watching the Star Trek trailer and then his family gets home and he's like, oh, family, I hate them. I need to watch this on my tablet in the shitter. Huh. And the the stupid one with the BMW thing where it shows the guy and then he walks out and they do the same thing as his neighbor and then they walk out and the one guy has the BMW and the other one's like, I'm not as good because I don't have a BMW. That's an interesting treatise you just gave us. Interesting treatise. However, I pay a couple bucks more a month and get the largely commercial-free Hulu. So yeah, I, I need to do that so. too. Uh, that's actually on our list of what we plan on doing. But <laughs> although there are a number of shows that are exempt from that, like Shield, was it always would say Shield and, and Agent Carter would say, you know, due to streaming rights issues, you know, the following will have a commercial, but it would only do a commercial before and after. Uh, so it really wasn't that. It wasn't. See, that wouldn't be too bad. I every <laughs> once in a while we get one where they're like, "Well, are we're offering you the option of watching it without the commercials in the middle if you want to watch this seven-minute commercial about Orbit oh. Gum right now." And I'm like, "Nah, I think I'd rather watch the ones in the middle." <laughs> yeah, right. All right, cool. Well, so uh, uh, that was a good one, and. Um, you're going to come back from your camping trip all invigorated because you were out there sitting on a log, whittling, um, you know, drinking your cup whittling. of hot chocolate, <laughs> imagining. Well, that's what you do when you camp, right? You whittle and you beat the hell out of the, the meat of your hand, your palm, and then it gets swollen and then you can't hold anything and you can't sleep. How do you so whittle? Make- what do you use when you whittle? Do you just use the palm of your hand? <laughs> I'm referencing certain select experiences with a Swiss Army knife that I whittled far too long, and I anyway. And now I'm gonna have to whittle something just so I can bring it back for you. I want you to whittle up a little Lovecrafting horror for me. That's perfect. And it's like one inches, one inch by one inch by one inch. Just a little carved um, Cthulhu. A carved Cthulhu. Ooh, product line idea, patent pending. Carved Cthulhu's, dude, get on it. There's got to be money in hand carving. Oh, I'm way over one off stuff at this point, dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, you're gonna have all that time camping that you can sit there and and drink your 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 whatever your hot chocolate mixed with Kraken. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Sit by the fire and and concept oh. your runaways. I wonder uh, if I could do like what would like hot chocolate Kraken and then dip some s'mores in it. That would be delicious. In all deference to our officially unofficial uh, sponsor, I really think uh, uh, when it comes to things like hot chocolate and coffee and stuff, I think brandy mm-hmm. and that sort of thing tastes better than rum. That's probably true. I actually really enjoy Irish cream added I know to you hot cocoa. It's quite delightful. I've watched you do it on our podcast. <laughs> My point, though, is you have all that time to, rem- to, to sit there and nostalgically conjure up your ideas for runaways casting so That's i have true. high expectations if i can find some way of bringing it without having to bring my sexy hardcover book and somehow access the internet so i can look up photos of teenage children while i'm up in the woods which seems a little untoward but we, <laughs> we, we established we established that you can pick people from any timeline time any time period so you can do you just think about interesting ch- younger <laughs> actors from your youth and say, Winona Ryder could make a good, you know, Nicole or whatever, and say, done. It's not that hard, man. I don't know how I feel about you asking me to go up into the woods and think about teenagers, Tom. <sighs> Isn't that the premise of every horror movie ever? No, the, the-, the premise is that you are a teenager and you go up with the other teenagers. <laughs> I just realized that maybe you're the guy with the axe at this point. Right. I kind of am. I'm the big, hairy, uh, old guy. 
that's dubious with the with the weird leathery skin face, but it's actually your face. It's not even like hey, fuck you. All right, I've been then. using deeply dapper beard oil. My skin is like a baby's <laughs> ass. <laughs> the neat thing about deeply dapper beard oil is it makes your beard luscious and shapely and rich and vibrant, yes. even as the skin around it turns gray and cracky. So yeah. like how. It's even and, and strangely, I'm growing a beak at the end of my chin. Yeah. <laughs> so, do you think it's time to uh, put the uh, to to unrelease the kraken to recage the kraken? I suppose yeah. it probably is. I, I do have an early morning tomorrow, yeah. and the kraken looks like he's a little on the sleepy side too. We accomplished what we set out to do. Yes, we talked about apocalypses. And yes. Squirrel Girls, and... That's what you took away from the news segment, was Anna Kendrick of Squirrel Girls. Who I don't like. I don't actually like Anna Kendrick. Interesting. I know. Really? I, she's got the same, like, I'm a comedic actor, so I'm going to make a funny face thing that a uh-huh. lot of the Saturday Night Live people have that I don't like. Uh-huh. And I, I honestly, I don't know if I've ever seen her in anything, and that could be an issue. Because, like, now I didn't think I liked out. Melissa McCarthy until I'd seen her in something. I see. Which I haven't actually finished watching, but I did start watching her in that spy movie. Oh, I haven't, I haven't finished that either, actually. Oh, really? Well, we have a lot of movies in the can that we need to review, so we have to get on some of that stuff and, uh, yeah, and we do. before things get serious and fall. Um, so... At this point, you're going to insert a contacts segment, right? Yeah. Is that what we talked about? Yeah. A pre-recorded contact segment? Yeah, that'll be before our review, actually, I think. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. And uh, so, uh, okay, so then that's it, right? Yeah, yeah, that is the episode for the evening. Uh, This has been the Robot Kraken Podcast. With Chris and Tom. Bum, bum, come, bum. come back next week, or better yet, subscribe so you don't have to come back anywhere. It just automatically happens, downloads, and you just have to listen to it automatically. In your pocket. It just <laughs> a red tentacle. You'll feel the red tentacle twitch, and you're like, what? "It's time for another episode of." Robot I'm Crafting. vibrating. <laughs> uh, have a good well. night, everyone. <laughs> Adios. Goodbye.